What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain Before we get into the reading of 12 Rules for Life, Jordan Peterson's book, I want to talk about one of my 12 habits before going to bed, and that's taking CBD. It's become a nighttime ritual for me. One, to help myself recover from the day. Two, because it's incredibly relaxing. And three, because it helps me sleep. And no one has been able to provide better CBD than Pure Spectrum. They have the CBD isolate, which is great. It comes in one gram serving, so I can really push the dose on that. And there's absolutely zero THC in that, which is awesome. They have some of the best salves. One of their salves also has a gram of CBD. I mean, usually people sprinkle the CBD in the salves, not these guys. Their salves are loaded with CBD, and you can actually feel the difference. I put some on a mosquito bite, actually, that had just gone out of control. Every once in a while, mosquito bites like get really big and gnarly on me for some reason, and it was all swollen. And I put the CBD on that, and I woke up the next morning and felt so much better. I mean, it's a great product for any kind of after workout or any kind of issue that you might have going on. It's just something that I've learned to rely on as just a staple in my life for many reasons. And Pure Spectrum, they have some of the best testing. They just partnered with USA Triathlon. They're just one of the best companies out there that's absolutely doing it right. So if you're interested in CBD, go to purespectrumcbd.com and use the code Aubrey for 10% off. So go to purespectrumcbd.com and use the code Aubrey for 10%. And when you go there, you'll be able to take in their badass new website. So props to Pure Spectrum, for building a killer site. So today I'm reading an excerpt from Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. And this book was a small success. You could say it has 3 million copies sold right on the book jacket, which means they probably even sold more copies than that. And I think people really resonate with Jordan Peterson's ideas because he's very direct and he has some really, really inspiring and interesting ideas about how to organize your life. I mean, the subtitle to the book is an antidote to chaos. So it's how to keep yourself in alignment when everything else around you might be turbulent. And that's a skill that we can all really use. So he has some great rules in here, but that's not the part that I'm going to be reading. The part that I'm reading is a very interesting section from the end in which he receives a pen as a gift from a friend. And this pen actually lights up, which has some symbolism to him. But what's interesting is it's one of the best examples in a popular book of someone who's channeling their inner wisdom. So Jordan Peterson is one of the great thinkers of our time, but in this case, he's letting his mind take a backseat to his knowing. 
And his knowing includes an accumulation of all the knowledge that he has, but it's not like he's trying to think about it. He's just basically free writing, channeling, if you will. And that doesn't mean it has to be from some higher source or from some other place. You know, in the ancient times, they used to call it the muse, and it was like the muse was transmuting the information. And sometimes it feels like that, but when it happens for me or when it happens for a lot of us, it's just when we can kind of step out of the way and allow the very best of us to come through. So he goes into this section and he starts asking himself questions. So I'm going to pick up right in the section at the end of the book called The Coda. Since I had just been given, of all things, a pen of light, which could write illuminated words in the darkness, I wanted to do the best thing I could with it. So I asked the appropriate question, and almost immediately an answer revealed itself. Write down the words you want inscribed on your soul. I wrote that down. That seemed pretty good. A little on the romantic side, granted, but that was in keeping with the game. Then I upped the ante. I decided to ask myself the hardest questions I could think up and await their answers. If you have a pen of light, after all, you should use it to answer difficult questions. Here was the first. What shall I do tomorrow? The answer came. The most good possible in the shortest period of time. That was satisfying as well, conjoining an ambitious aim with the demands of maximal efficiency, a worthy challenge. The second question was in the same vein. What shall I do next year? Try to ensure that the good I do then will be exceeded only by the good I do the year after that. That seemed solid too a nice extension of the ambitions detailed in the previous answer. I told my friend that I was trying a serious experiment in writing with the pen he had given to me. I asked if I could read aloud what I had composed so far. The questions and the answers struck a chord with him too. That was good. That was impetus to continue. The next question ended the first set. What shall I do with my life? Aim for paradise and concentrate on today. Ha! I knew what that meant. It's what Geppetto does in the Disney movie Pinocchio when he wishes upon a star. The grandfatherly woodcarver lifts up his eyes to the twinkling diamond set high above the mundane world of day-to-day human concerns and articulates his deepest desire. That the marionette he created lose the strings by which he is manipulated by, that the marionette he created lose the strings by which he is manipulated by others and transform himself into a real boy. So that's just a sampling of some of the questions that Jordan asks himself when he has this moment where he's able to step out of the way and access his inner knowing. And I think this is a practice that all of us should engage in, but I want to dive into some of the specific questions and answers that Jordan asked, because we have these same questions, right? Like, what shall I do tomorrow? The most good possible in the shortest period of time. I mean, that's about an impeccable answer. If you're really committed to being of service, if you're committed to actually providing your gift, your medicine to the world, you want to do the most good in the most efficient way possible. 
because there's going to be other aims and other goals for any day. Spend time with your family, enjoy yourself, all the other things. So if you're doing the most good, but you're not doing it efficiently, well, you're going to burn yourself out. So that combination of doing the most good where you can do it is something that all of us can set as a guide star, you know, set as something to look towards and have our ambition aim towards like, what's the best thing I can do with the least amount of time and energy expended and always try to find that thing. It's what a CEO has to do when he has all kinds of options of the things that he can do. Like what's the best thing that I can do for my company today? Me, like the best, most good in the shortest amount of time, and then continue to repeat that over and over again. And it's what we always can do. And that's a a great answer to a very important question. What shall I do next year? Okay, now he's changing the time frame, right? So it's not just about tomorrow, it's about next year. And he has a very similar answer. Try to ensure that the good I do then will be exceeded only by the good I do the year after that. So he's setting his sights on this constant path of improvement, knowing that he's going to be learning. He's going to be failing in some cases, learning, going and wavering from this path and then to the next, but accumulated. And when you look back in retrospect and in hindsight, yeah, you want to be doing a little bit more good the next year and then the next year and then the next year. Reminds me actually of a great speech that Matthew McConaughey gave where he was talking about who his hero was. And he was like, yeah, my hero is Matthew McConaughey of next year. And that person's hero is going to be Matthew McConaughey of the year after that. You know, so it's really putting it on us to just make sure that we're doing our best. It's not about comparing ourselves to another person and comparing ourselves to what somebody else did or what we imagine that somebody else did or how happy somebody else is or how rich they are, or how beautiful they are, or how everything else is going, what they've done. It's just saying that, no, I'm going to do a little bit more than I did last time. You know, and that's one of the common threads of wisdom that you'll find in so many different individuals. Miyamoto Musashi says that it's not the opponent that you're worried about. The opponent is you of yesterday. Like that's who you're trying to defeat. It's the you of yesterday. And that's the basis of everything that Onnit's talking about. It's how do you get a little bit better tomorrow than you are today? How do you get a little bit better next year than you were this past year? And that's the path of growth and learning. You know, I always say like today I'm the idiot of tomorrow. And for all of us, that's the case. We're always doing the best we can now. And in hindsight, being the one that has learned from the one of yesterday, of course we could do better now than we did then. But back then, we did the best we could then. And that's something that's really important to remember as well. Instead of looking back as the person you are now and judging yourself and saying, oh man, I could have done this, I could have. Well, if you could have done better, you would have done better. But now you can do better because you have the knowledge and the insight and everything that you've gained from being that former person. And then the last question I think is also really interesting. What shall I do with my life? Okay, so now he's expanding the frame of time and expanding the frame of reference to the entirety of his life. And he answers, aim for paradise and concentrate on today. So that means setting his sights on the highest attainment of what is possible, but not focus so much on that that you lose what you can do today. Because everything starts with today. It starts with now. You can't just focus on 
the entirety of your life because that's way too overwhelming. But what can you do today? What small steps? Well, that might mean changing your diet. That might mean meditating or being a little bit more present. You know, it might mean all of these different things that you can do now or maybe starting on a long-term project. I'm about to start writing my next book and that's not going to come out till hopefully April 2021, right? So I can't worry about when that book comes out. I can just worry about what I'm doing now to plan and outline and write in each little word. You know, you can't take the end goal and focus so much on the end goal that you forget to actually take all of the tiny little steps that are there. But nonetheless, you still have to focus on what that end goal is. And for Jordan, that is paradise. And that's a symbol for him of what the highest potential could be. The kingdom of love is what Ted Decker would call it, or the kingdom. There's a lot of different references and ways that you can say that. So basically aim for that highest attainment of what is possible, but focus on every little step that you can take now. And I also think one of the things that Jordan adds that is one of the favorite parts, you know, and something that we talked about in our podcast and something I really enjoy when he talks about is taking these mythical stories, like the story of Pinocchio, and talking about them as true stories, true in the fact that they're metaphors and frameworks for our life. And in this case, the grandfatherly woodcarver, which symbolizes kind of that divine presence, he's trying to fashion a boy and that he's hoping and wishing upon a star that that boy will lose the strings that control him, right? That he will come into sovereignty. And that's, I think, what we're all really trying to do. We're trying to cut all of the strings. And some of those strings are our fears, things that we're afraid of, you know, afraid of not being good enough, afraid of not being loved, afraid of putting ourselves out there and failing, afraid of what other people think. Like those are all strings that are restricting our sovereignty and freedom. And it could be our cravings, could be our desires, our lusts, or anything that we're ambitiously going towards for our own benefit. Well, those are going to restrict our freedom as well. And we're going to have all these things. But as soon as we become aware of the strings that are controlling us, we can start to gently release them and then act in radical sovereignty and understand that we are the captains of our own fate. We are the masters of our own destiny. And we can decide what we want to do. It's that radical ownership of our life, the ability to choose what we want in the given moment and choose what we set our sights on. So I hope you guys enjoyed this passage from Jordan Peterson's book. I encourage you guys to read it. It's called 12 Rules for Life. And definitely, if you haven't already, check out the podcast that we did together and dive into his work. I think a lot of times people look at him and some of the things that have been positioned and talked about as inflammatory. But if you actually get down to the root core message of what he's saying, he's basically just saying, make your bed, clean your room, take ownership for yourself, and then allow that to be your priority rather than worrying about all of the other things, which are really just different forms of strings that you've allowed to push and pull and control your life. So I'll see you guys next week with another reading from Ant Books.